Hello everyone and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Random Song Encounters. Uh, as we transition from November into December and careening out of, while careening out of control toward the new year. I'm your host Gene Vincent and again we're coming to you from the home base out here in the SoCal Desert, Command Central. Uh, this week we've got episode 18 for you. And we're calling it Sparks Are Gonna Fly, as typically happens during our show with all the great tracks we fire off for your, your amusement. <clears throat> so let's get right to the fireworks show and kick it off with a 1964 tune by The Searchers. We're lighting the fuse and running for cover. See you when the smoke clears. Needles and pins, needles 
So 
there you have segment one. We kicked it off and threw some sparks around there for you. Uh, we also had a little slow down with the ballad in there, but uh, let's go back to the beginning and uh, see from where it came. Uh, start off with Needles and Pins by The Searchers out of the UK off their 1964 LP Meet the Searchers and Needles and Pins, which is their first US LP. Uh, they, they released it just prior with a different title in the UK, but this was the US, US LP version. Uh, <clears throat> during the 1964 British invasion, the searchers were at the forefront of that uh, musical uh, invasion, along with the Beatles, the Dave, Car Dave Car Clark Five, who we've uh, played here previously, and Herman's Hermits. Uh, the band's name comes from the 1956 John Ford Western film call, also called The Searchers. Uh, and this was uh, The Searchers' most successful LP uh, of those that they released. Song, uh, a little tidbit, the song was actually actually written by a guy named Jack Nitschke uh, and Sonny Bono of Sonny and Cher fame and also mayor of Palm Springs way back in the day. Uh, and it was originally recorded by uh, the great uh, uh, female songstress Jackie DeShannon back in 1963. But this uh, Searchers version was by far, far the most uh, successful version released ever. After that, <clears throat> we rocked out with Ian Hunter. And also out of the UK, once bitten, twice shy, although he now lives in the U.S., uh, it's off his 1975 debut solo LP, also called Ian Hunter. Uh, Ian is best known as the lead singer from the 1970 band Mott the Hoople. Uh, if those of you know Mott the Hoople and Ian's uh, uh, solo work, he's, his voice is immediate, one of those that's immediately recognizable once he starts singing. Uh, <clears throat> Hunter left Mott. Uh, in, at the end of 1974, uh, and then the band members reformed and, and carried on as Mott instead of Mott the Hoople. Uh, he left right after uh, Mick Ralphs left as the guitar player to form the band Bad Company, who we spoke of in a prior uh, um, episode as well. Uh, Ian's collaborated frequently and, and did, in, did so in a lot of his early solo work with uh, Mick Ronson, who's most notably uh, one of David Bowie's band, uh, from David Bowie's band, The Spiders from Mars. Uh, in 2019, just recently, Ian celebrated his 80th birthday with a four-day or a night gala of shows in uh, New York City. Uh, this year, at 84, he just released a new LP back in, I think, April called Defiance Part One. And it's easily among the most star-studded collaborations uh, ever on an LP recorded. I mean, the, the list of uh, folks that, that contributed to the LP and, uh, is, is enormous. It's a who's who of uh, rock stardom. After that, we toned it down a little bit uh, and did a little ballad for you called NYC Girl by John Waite out of the UK. Uh, we spoke to John back in uh, a few episodes ago. We played uh, Song by the Babies, which John Waite was originally the uh, uh, lead singer of. Uh, but this is off 
his 2001 LP, Figure in a Landscape, which was his seventh solo LP after leaving the Babies. Aside from his solo career and, and his time uh, with the Babies, uh, he was also in a group uh, in, during the 80s called Bad English and the lead singer there, uh, which was like a super group with members, uh, a couple of members from the Babies and uh, from Journey. Uh, you might also know John Waite, uh, great voice as well, uh, from his big solo hits <clears throat> at the start of his 80s uh, career uh, from the songs Change and Missing You. Uh, in this particular song, NYC Girl, a uh, little tidbit that I didn't realize in, uh, until I was, I just ran across it just recently, just before the show started, that there's a reference to a Catherine wheel in the lyrics, which we'll explain later, and it ties to a track later in the show. So, uh, pr pretty random discovery there, but uh, we'll explain down the road. And lastly, in the uh, first segment, we heard from the boss, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, uh, out of New Jersey, of course, and his song, Adam Raised a Cane, one of my favorite, if not most favorite tracks by Bruce Springsteen from his 1978 LP, Darkness on the Edge of Town, which was his fourth LP. Uh, he formed the E Street Band back in 1972 uh, at the start of his his major record uh, career uh, and his, to record his debut album, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, if you hadn't heard, uh, the story is that he got the nickname The Boss uh, because he was supposedly the guy that uh, had the task of going around every night to collect the band's nightly pay from the club they were playing at and then dividing up the, the dough amongst the band members. Uh, this particular album is a, is a, was a big departure from the first few LPs that uh, Bruce put out as it kind of separated itself from the the wall of sound type recording they had used prior and the, you know, uh, fast delivery of lyrics and so on and so forth. Uh, most specifically seen on, on the big major, you know, hit Born to Run. Uh, he wanted to focus more on the band itself and the band's sound rather than this wall of sound type of uh, uh, presence. Uh, also, some of the songs, or a lot of the songs on this particular LP uh, were tended to go for, towards a more leaner and angrier uh, sound and lyrics and uh, focused on fictional characters that were confronted by uh, adversity. Uh, this particular song itself in, in that, in that uh, realm is, is a song about a son who feels like he's uh, the family black sheep and a failure to his father. But uh, really great track. Uh, Love the guitar on that one and it just uh, I keep going back to it back and back and back again and like say Probably my favorite track from Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, let's move right into segment two, and we're going to go back again to the 60s and a song by an Australian group, The Easy Beats. Monday morning feels so bad Everybody seems to nag me Coming Tuesday, I feel better Just don't go Thursday goes too slow I'll have Friday on my mind 
Just keep strolling and stop for a snack. 
this time. have it segment two come on daisy don't drown me this time uh let's work our way backwards since we're there already and uh see where uh we started or finished that particular segment that uh of course was sparks are gonna fly by the uk group catherine wheel from their 2000 lp uh, wishville which was their fifth and final lp uh, they were active from 1990 to 2000, released five LPs during that period. Uh, again, this was their fifth and last. And the band's name is taken time by, by a type of uh, firework wheel. And when it gets, you, you light the wheel up, it shoots sparks and flames in all different directions, and which also causes the wheel to start spinning and, and, and throw the, the sparks and the flames out in all different directions. Uh, hence... Uh, that gives throws back to the Catherine, Catherine Wheel reference in the John uh, Waite song that I mentioned in the last segment. Uh, so wanted to just throw that in there. Um, the songs from this particular album and, and most of their albums were written and, and produced by frontman Rob Dickinson. Uh, coincidentally, Rob is also the paternal cousin of Iron Maiden frontman Bruce Dickinson. Um, after the band broke up in uh, 2000, Rob had a short solo career, uh, released one LP, and I think he had a hit, um, i trying to think of the name, I think My Name is Love or something like that, might have been the name of the hit song off of that particular LP. Uh, and he's since founded a Porsche restoration company uh, in L.A. called Singer Vehicle Design. So there you have it. Catherine Wheel. Prior to that, we heard from, you know, R.E.M. Uh, everybody should recognize Michael Stipe's voice in that particular one. Uh, songs called Me and Honey. Uh, they're out of Athens, Georgia, and it's off their 1991 huge LP, Out of Time, which was their seventh, had the major hit, Losing My Religion, on it. Uh, and it was, was just a huge, huge LP for them. Uh, made uh, Took them from being a you know, um, a cult band to international stardom. Um, the band was formed in 1980. Uh, while all the guys were attending University of Georgia, they all met in uh, while at school, uh, and they decided to quit school eventually. Uh, 
they found they had similar music tastes and agreed to work with each other and collaborate on several songs. Uh, the band name, uh, R.E.M., was supposedly selected at random from a dictionary. Uh, it, it's also well known as an abbreviation for rapid eye movement, which is the dream stage, one of the dream stages of sleep. But they've said in other interviews that it's not really tied to the R.E.M. sleep, which, you know, who knows. The album title was supposedly uh, out of time, picked at the last second. Uh, Warner Brothers was beating on the band to, to give them an album title. Uh, the album was ready to get released, and they needed, and they were ready to start production to get it out the door. But they needed a title to get it to get the artwork done and everything associated ready to go for the release. And they were uh, so they were literally running out of time, uh, which spawned the title of the album. Uh, of course, it's a much better title than Cat Butt, which was one of the proposed titles pitched by Michael Stipe. Uh, another little tidbit on that particular tune. Uh, the backing vocal that you hear is uh, from Kate Pearson from the B-52s, who's also uh, uh, contributed backing vocals on other R.E.M. tracks. I think Shiny Happy People was one in particular that was a big hit. Prior to that, we came to L.A. and heard Johnny Hit and Run Pauline by the band X out of L.A. from their 1980 debut LP, Los Angeles. They're a huge West Coast punk rock band formed in L.A. who put out seven LPs from 1980 to the early 90s, and they're continuing to tour uh, after reuniting after a short hiatus during the mid to late 90s in 2000, and, and they're still touring uh, as of 2023. Uh, they're considered to be one of the most influential bands of their era. Uh, Billy Zoom plays the guitar and John Doe, the bass, uh, got together and formed the band uh, after responding to I almost identical want ads in a local music magazine that, can't, that they both published the same week. So it was kind of, you know, uh, meant to happen. Um, the band's, this, this particular LP, their first debut album, was actually produced by The Doors keyboard player, Ray Manzarek. Um, <clears throat> the album explores, you know, dark love and even uh, darker LA uh, and the things that go on in the city of brotherly love. Um, prior to that, we went to West Virginia and a group called Crack the Sky and their song, A Night on the Town with Snow White uh, from their 1978 LP, Safety in Numbers, which was their third LP. It's a fun little ditty. Uh, this particular album is the highest charting that Crack the Sky uh, had of all their albums. Uh, but their debut album, called Crack the Sky, was actually had tons of critical acclaim, acclaim and it was declared uh, the 1975 debut album of the year by Rolling Stone. But due to some issues with record distribution and so on and so forth, the records didn't get out there and, and it didn't get all the the fan love that it should have at the time and uh, like say uh, uh, bigger and better things could have happened to the group potentially had that snafu not happened. This is the only LP by Clack, Crack the Sky uh, to feature a different vocalist, uh, Gary Lee Chapel, other than uh, their original and current vocalist John Palum Palumbo uh, and Crack the Sky is still out there making music and touring 
uh, as of 2023 as well. So uh, all the best. And then we started out segment three with the 60s track, another 60s track by the Easy Beats out of Australia. And it's called Friday on My Mind from their 1967 U.S. release, uh, also called Friday on My Mind, their fourth LP. Uh, the song was actually released in 66, uh, but uh, came out on the U.S. LP in, uh, version in 67. The song was written by the duo, writing duo, uh, also band members, George Young and Harry Vonda. Uh, George Young, we've spoke of in past episodes, is the uh, older brother of Angus and Malcolm Young out of, uh, with AD, ACDC. He started uh, in the Easy Beats, and then he also had a group, he and Harry had a group uh, later on after the Easy Beats disbanded uh, called Flash in the Pan, who had a big hit, uh, you may remember, some of you may remember, called Hey St. Peter back in 1976. But then he had always been, he and Harry had also, also always been involved in the production side. And uh, they ended up producing all of the early ACDC LPs uh, until, and including 1978's Powerage, uh, before uh, they, they were fired. Uh, by the, their new re ACDC's new record company, and uh, they brought on a, a new producer for Highway to Hell. But uh, and I think we mentioned that in the prior episode as well. But there you go, another one of those uh, young brothers out there making great music. The song itself, Friday on My Mind, is is regarded as the first Australian rock song to achieve international success. Uh, the band itself put out six LPs before they disbanded in 1969. Uh, so there you have it. Segment two in the books. And we're going to keep the show moving and go right into segment three. And the last of our 60s tracks from a group called The Association. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great way to finish up the show in segment three. Uh, but uh, let's go back to the beginning, and uh, we'll work our way back to the last track there. Uh, we started off back in the 1960s again, 1966 to be exact. Uh, a song called Along Comes Mary by The Association out of California, and their uh, debut LP, and then Along Comes The Association. Uh, the Association had a ton of hits during the late 60s, and were always known for their intricate vocal harmonies uh, with the band's multiple singers that they used. Uh, they formed in 65 and spent like five months just rehearsing before they started to perform around LA. And they were actually first managed uh, by Troubadour club owner Doug Weston. Uh, and they, they were a house band there for a while before uh, forming the association. Uh, the song is about a once disillusioned man talking about tribulations no one ever sees and he believes Mary gives him comfort and improves his life. Uh, the writer supposedly considered Mary as a reference to marijuana so there you go a uh, little secret behind the lyrics uh, in that particular tune. Next we heard A Million Things by a UK band called The Lucy Show off their 1986 LP Mania which was their second LP uh, they formed in 83 and were a really short-lived group that disbanded five years later by 1988 after just uh, two LPs. Uh, one of the reasons being uh, the recording company went bankrupt and uh, just never were able to put it back together and uh, uh, pursue anything further as a band. The band uh, name came about at uh, random uh, during the night at the pub thinking it would be a hilarious name for a group and it kind of stuck and it also happened to be one of the members mother who was also named Lucy so there you go uh, crazy how some of these band names come about um, aside from this particular track uh, they had another college radio hit with the song New Message who maybe some of you have heard of if not check it out it's out there uh, the other hit from the two hit wonders uh, The Lucy Show after that Someone everyone knows, uh, Paul McCartney out of the UK and his song Come On To Me from the 1980, 19, 1980, 19, 2018, I want to say 1960 something because of the Beatles, but uh, actually 2018, uh, LP Egypt Station, his 17th solo LP. Uh, of course, everybody knows Sir Paul is the bassist writing partner of John Lennon uh, from the Beatles. Uh, they're their most success, successful songwriting duo in the history of music. Um, and as the Beatles were breaking up in 1969 and 70, Paul started venturing out and started doing some solo work. Uh, and his career uh, came out with uh, his first LP, McCartney, I think it was in 1970. And off he went from there, 17 LPs to this one after that. Egypt Station is, is Paul's actually first number one LP since 1982. Uh, I think it was Tug of War that was the number one back in 1982. Uh, and this is uh, the first of his uh, albums to debut atop the Billboard Top 200. The album is a 
loose based concept album. It starts off at a station on the first track, and then each song is like a different station, and ends with station two at the end. I think it is is the last track. Uh, <clears throat> the album uh, itself. Uh, is named after one of Paul's paintings from 1988, also called Egypt Station. And uh, the cover art for the album is taken from that particular painting. There you have it, Mr. McCartney. After that, we had a fun track by Fountains of Wayne out of New York called Leave the Biker, uh, their 1996 LP, Fountains of Wayne, their debut. They formed in 95 and recorded six LPs before disbanding in 2013. Uh, their best-known track is something probably a lot of you heard called Stacy's Mom, uh, which was a big hit back in the 90s uh, for the band. Uh, their, their band name, Fountains of Wayne, is taken after a lawn ornament store in Wayne, New Jersey uh, that's featured. It's also featured in an episode of The Sopranos, so Fountains of Wayne. New Jersey. There you have it. Uh, the writing process for the record started in a bar where they would, they, uh, the two uh, members, main members, would get together and write song titles on bar napkins and try to get each other to laugh. And then they would, uh, when they got done, they would take all the, the song titles they came up with and split them uh, between themselves. And they would go back and decide who would write the song for the song title. And they would get together the next night and see what they came up with for the songs. Uh, you know, they're, they're just a really fun band. This particular one is a, is a great, fun track to listen to. Um, so check them out if you haven't heard them, Fountains of Wayne. And lastly, we closed out the show with a rocker from the Crash Kings out of LA called Mountain Man, off their 2009 LP Crash Kings, which was their debut. Uh, the band is another one of those sibling affairs with the uh, Bellevue brothers, Tony and Mike, along with drummer Tom Rosita. Uh, the, the band itself, their sound is, they're known for their sound uh, and using analog keyboards, like a, uh, they have a clavinet, I think it is, with, and they, they distort it uh, using a whammy bar or a pitch wheel uh, on the clavinet. Uh, in place of a typical lead guitar. You could hear that in that particular track during the chorus section and towards the end you can hear that that uh, clavinet kick in uh, with this distorted guitarish kind of sound uh, aside from the, the uh, keyboards that are used in the, uh, during the, the uh, non-chorus part of the track. But uh, really, uh, really odd uh, use of a clavinet uh, with the with distortion from the whammy bar. Uh, the clavinet itself in, in rock music is most, was most famously used and still used extensively by Stevie Wonder in a lot of his hits. Uh, you'll hear that, you know, that particular clavinet sound. Uh, the group name is a reference to the brothers both being absent-minded and accident-prone, hence Crash Kings, because they're always running into crap or whatever. Uh, and then the, the song itself was inspired by... Uh, you know, uh, an adventure that they had on the top of a mountain at the Yosemite National Park. So, and that's that. There you have segment three, done deal. So let's uh, close out this episode and uh, move on.
And with that, we put to bed episode 18 of Random Song Encounters, Sparks Are Gonna Fly. And yes, the sparks were definitely flying on this episode. We had some great, great tracks to throw at you. And the smoke is cleared for this week, and we're moving on. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this week's offerings. And please feel free to let us know if you have a tune you'd like to hear. We'd love the feedback. Uh, We'll be back again next week with more offerings and good tidings to all. Have a great week, and don't forget, share the good stuff. Bye for now.